Hi, everybody. Shauna here. I apologize about this interruption in the beginning of this episode. I'm really excited to be back on the mics this week and releasing an episode for all your ear holes out there. I want to apologize that we haven't put out an episode in the last few weeks. We wanted to pay respect and be quiet right now. Um, We support Black Lives Matter and we think it's important to keep that message going. And we believe that everybody should hear that loud and clear that Black Lives Matter. And please donate. Please support. Show up to protests. Go out and vote. Uh, Support with your money. Donate to Black Lives Matter. Donate to the NAACP. Do what you can, even if it's $5. $5 from everybody is a lot of money. I'm not going to do the math. Can't do that math. But yes, so please show up with your wallets. Show up for your friends. Support Black Lives Matter. We sure do here at Talk Tales. We hope that we see amazing change and everybody needs to do their part here. Come on, guys, let's do this. Um, I also want to um, sadly let everyone know that Ambie, the podcast dog, has passed away and she was our baby. And may all of her dog farts continue to stink in doggy heaven or wherever she may be. We love you, Ambie. We're going to miss you. But without further ado, guys, please enjoy this episode. I'm so excited to be back um, releasing episodes again. And uh, this is going to be a really fun one because I talked to Chris Menning, the host of On the Back Bar. And he's all the way in Thailand. It was so cool that I got to talk to him and, and hear about all the cool bar industry secrets and cool stuff over there in Thailand and what's going on over there. So please sit back, relax. Grab yourself something to sip on and let's go on a magical journey into the world of bartending in Thailand. Love you, Ambie. May you rest in peace. Hello and welcome to Talk Tales. Hi, thank you. Welcome to On the Bag Bar. This is great, isn't it? How exciting. <laughs> this is crazy. This is like a dual episode. I don't uh-huh. I d- wasn't sure how this is going to go. Yeah. Um But I say let's do some introductions just like right away, right? Let's do it. Fantastic. You you please. I, I you know. <laughs> sure thing. You, you start you can start the introductions. Well, this is the first time I've kind of actually been a guest, so this is quite nerve-wracking. I'm usually the person asking <laughs> the questions, but but um no, this is great. I'm Chris. I host on the back bar. Uh, I'm really excited to be here. Uh we obviously both do bartending podcast and yeah, I think this is going to be really good. It's going to be great to chat about me and to hear about you. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm actually in Bangkok right now. Um it's 8 in the morning. I've got my coffee in my llama cup, so I'm quite happy to go ahead. And uh, yeah, like I said, very excited. Is there anything else in that coffee? No, not yet. No. <laughs> it's still a bit too Eight early. in the morning. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, I am Shauna. I'm Shauna Race, uh, host of Talk Tales, the podcast. And you know what? I'm in Los Angeles, and it is six o'clock in the evening the day before. <laughs> Yeah, we were mind blown about this, right? <laughs> it's like Yeah, time is a crazy thing for mm-hmm. sure. And I am currently drinking my happy hour drink, which is rose, baby. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, there's still time for you and your rose today. Uh-huh. I'm gonna wrap it up at you know at some point in the next couple hours. So we'll be feeling pretty good here. Great. 
Well, Shana, I usually ask my guests uh, to tell me a bit about themselves and how they got into the industry. So could we start with that and maybe hear about the podcast and how you started that? Oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, Okay. So, I mean, I have a very long story about my years in the industry because it's been many, 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 many years. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But no, I'm not going to, I don't need to get too far into details about this, but I mean, it's kind of a fun way I got into bartending. I basically was wanting to become a bartender. I'd never really wanted to do anything else. Uh, I was always in kind of performance arts when I was younger. Uh, but then when I turned 21, I knew I wanted to bartend. I didn't go to college. I didn't do anything like that. I never have ever had desire to. Uh, I, I always wanted to do like creative like work. And so I tried to get a bartending job in Santa Cruz where I grew up. But those bartenders don't get rid of their jobs. Those are valuable jobs. And uh, th- some of those bartenders have been at the same job for 45 years in that in that town. So. Wow. I couldn't ever get into it there, but I ended up moving to Baltimore, Maryland, and I started hanging out at this kind of neighborhood dive bar, and I wanted a bartend. So I tried to get a job at that bar, but they didn't want to hire me because of my tattoos, apparently. Really? Wow. <laughs> I know. It was really weird. I didn't under really understand. But, um, but fast forward, like, later that night after trying to get a job at that bar, these two girls were sitting at the end of the bar. And I didn't have any friends yet in Baltimore. I'd only been there about two weeks. And so I was like, shit, man, I got to make some friends. And so I like was sitting with my roommate and I was like, let's do a shot. I'm going to get some liquid courage and go ask those girls to be my friend. (laughs) And so I was like, I went, I took a shot with my roommate and then I walked over to these two girls who kind of look like, I mean, visually like people I would probably get along with. And uh, so I, I walked up, I kind of tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, hey, uh, this is going to sound pretty weird, but I just moved to town and I don't have any friends. You guys want to hang out? <laughs> and so they thought I was weird for sure. But um, but then I found out that through the course of the night, they let me hang out. And so then through the course of hanging out, I found out they both bartended at a bar up the street. And I told them, I was like, I actually just tried to get a job at this bar and they didn't like my tattoos. So they didn't hire me. And uh, so they're like, well, dude, they probably didn't say dude, but they were like, you know, lady or whatever. They're like, the bar we work at, there's a girl being fired like tomorrow. So you should just come in with your resume and try to get the job and just drop it off because she's, she's getting canned. And I was like, whoa, you're kidding me. Like, that's awesome. So that's what I did. I, I got up early, washed my hair, and then had my resume ready. And I, I drove over to the bar and I handed it to, uh, to the bartender, who was the girl I was talking to the night before. And she's like, dude, keep this on the DL right now. That girl is getting fired. It's like seriously like two seats down just like chill out you know be quiet you know don't say anything and I was like okay no problem so I was like thanks for the tip and I like left and then 20 minutes later I get a call from the manager and they're like hey uh you want to can you come back can you come back in like a half hour and do an interview and I was like uh sure yeah no problem so you know I got dressed up nice again you know made sure I looked good and uh went in there and I was like uh, you know, had an interview and at the end of the interview, the manager's like, can you start tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and so I started the next day, the next morning at 11 o'clock and Meg, 
Uh, shout out to Meg, who's also a uh, high school teacher in Baltimore. She was my bartender teacher that day, and I trained with her all day that day and then started bartending. And I, I had one day of training. She taught me how to free pour because at that point there wasn't really any, you know, measuring with jiggers or it wasn't craft cocktails necessarily sure, yet. Yeah. Uh, or it was kind of just starting, you know, the beginnings of all that. And so, you know, I learned how to free pour my count, which is one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, which is two ounces, you know. And I could get a perfect pour every freaking time. And I took it very seriously and very creatively. And then I, oh, the old timers, they were the best, dude. Like they, uh, they, they really taught me how to bartend because if you've ever bartended at an old timer bar, they really teach you, um, like they're really difficult. They want their drinks when they want them the way they want them. And if you can't execute them, then you are going to fail your job. So it was a good, really good lesson in learning. For sure. And then, you know, spun out control, did wine bars, cocktail bars, cocktail programs, award award winning cocktails, that kind of stuff. Uh And now podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. (laughs) And what about the podcast? What what, um, inspired you to start that? Oh, um, well, basically just uh, I I got really antsy in the bar world Mm. and I needed another creative outlet. Because uh, I think I think anyone who's been bartending for a very very long time in this industry, at some point, just needs something else, you know. And I don't I don't say this in a bad way. I I, I think you learn so much, but it's it's really takes a toll, you know, mentally, physically, um, the late hours, the yeah, lack sure. of the lack of eating, the, the, the verbal abuse sometimes, you know, like there's just things that like, you know, take its toll. But if you're actively doing creative work, it's easy to brush that kind of stuff off, you know? Mm -hmm. And for the longest time creating cocktails for me was that was enough creative like work. And it was rewarding enough for me that like easily I could brush the other stuff off. It wasn't hard, but when it, when it started becoming harder and harder mentally to brush that stuff off, I knew I needed to do something a little different and put my creative like uh, claws into something else. So ultimately, I had to like start analyzing what I wanted to do. I just realized I like know a lot about alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of like it was kind of a natural progression, and it and uh-huh. the the epiphany uh, the epiphany, epiphany came. Yep. <laughs> came over a ginormous margarita the size of my head sitting with my pal at a at a nice family style Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles. When was, all great ideas start. Dude, I'm telling you, margaritas save lives. Or I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But enough about me and our my beginnings. Let's get into you, Christopher. Do you like do you go Christopher or do you do Chris? Chris, yeah. My my mum and my girlfriend call me Christopher. That's uh, okay. That's the thing. <laughs> so, yeah, All right. In well, I'll stay. Away, I'll stay away from that one. Sure. Uh, sure. I'll let them. Ha- I'll let them keep that to themselves. So, Chris, what is your humble beginnings? Because you got all kinds of stuff going on with in your world over there yeah, in sure. Bangkok. Okay, real quick. Is it Bangkok? Is it my? Am I saying that right? Bangkok. Bangkok. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I kind of fell into hospitality, which I think a lot of people tend to do. And it sort of started working in pubs and bars, uh, student pubs, putting pints. And it was sort of that point where it was 
you know, more that friendship aspect, you're meeting people all the time, getting drunk after work, and I kind of loved it. But it wasn't really the passion until I ended up in Brighton. I went to university there to study hospitality management because I think oh, by cool. that point it had been four years and it was like, well, I'm in it this long. I've got to kind of, you know, step it up a bit. And I ended up working in a bar called Shuffle Bar. And Shuffle was a flair bar focused on classic cocktails. And uh, it kind of blew my mind, really, because it was my first entrance into the cocktail world. And uh, Paul, the guy who still owns it, great guy, taught me a lot. Um, It was one of those bars where we had 120 recipes to learn. We had to know them all off our head. You know, it was was crazy. So we'd be doing... 20 mojitos at a time you know they'd be like 15 espresso martinis in the order um it was really mad and it kind of like made me learn very fast so my classic cocktail knowledge was down uh, my flaring was is still terrible today um, i was dropping a lot of bottles breaking a lot of hands <laughs> so i kind of gave up on that point and uh, i ended up going into the world of hotel bars and uh, i was asked by a guy called ben manchester who was the bar manager at hotel divan in brighton to come along for a trial and I loved it like the hotel bar at the time when I joined it was a, a really weird shape it was kind of like a, a kind of half crescent moon shape awkward to work on but it had an incredible bat bar there was about a thousand spirits and my knowledge it was just like wow there, there's this much spirits in the world and sort of every day I'd be picking up a new whiskey a new cognac and just learning about it and from there, my product knowledge just grew and grew and grew. And I think my appetite for, for the craft cocktail world started then. So that was really fun. Um, I was there for a couple of years, did a couple of competitions, uh, only won one. And uh, that, that's... Oh, which one? Well, I won... Um, so Isabel Regina is a, a Spanish brandy. And uh, they had this great competition. and uh, had got to London it was, you kind of had to do a cocktail themed alongside a song. So I think mine was a Led Zeppelin song. I can't remember the time, but yeah, that was great. I won the UK heats and I got invited, hey. invited to Jerez in Spain when I make sherry. Uh, I think it was like a couple of weeks later. I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm buzzed. This is going to be great. Uh, the sad thing is though, and I've learned, this is a really good tip. If you ever get asked to travel for a competition, bring bubble wrap. It will save you. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I ended up. I'm like, curious now. Yeah, I was super excited. I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be great. I'm gonna win." I packed all my glassware, all my bottles in a suitcase. I'm traveling over. You know, six in the morning, we're drinking Guinness in the airport, and um, yeah, I, I got to the hotel, opened my bag, and all my glassware broke. Uh, my oh. chestnut liqueur had spilled everywhere, and I was like, "Oh no, this is the end." <laughs> so, oh my god! Yeah, so always bring bubble wrap is what I recommend. One time I smuggled dry ice onto the plane. <laughs> no way. How did you get away with that? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, so that was kind of the end of my, my competition world um, after that. But uh, basically around 2016, um, I finished my degree. I did a di- another good degree. It was in business management. And I got asked by Gravetime Manor to come along and help the bar. And Gravetime Manor is a 15th century manor house in Sussex. It was built in 1598. It's a really old building. And they Holy moly. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's in the middle of Ashdown Forest, which is where Winnie the Pooh was based. He's written that. Oh, so, okay, yeah. Every, everyone listening's just heart just like melted just yeah. now. We went to uh, the bridge where they threw their sticks off and stuff, you know, so that was cool. But so, yeah, um, 
they asked me to come along and they just got their Michelin star at the restaurant under George Blog. And they wanted someone to, to bring the bar up, basically. And I sort of came in, uh, loved what they were doing. The bar was, um, there, there really wasn't a bar, to be honest. It was like a tiny sort of corner in the hotel. Uh, they didn't really have anything going on. No cocktails. Um, the two bar staff couldn't speak English. So that was very difficult at first. Um, actually, the, the guy who worked there, Andy, French guy, I, he became a very good friend. I taught him a lot of English, but... The tough thing is with Gravetie is that a lot of their clientele had been going for about 40, 50 years. And they were sort of, you know, mostly retired. They they had their set ways of how they love things, very traditional. And a lot of the people there at Gravetie said cocktails weren't going to work because it was the wrong generation, you know. Mm, mm-hmm. So the thing was trying to figure out how do we engage the clientele already there, yet still bring in this new cool cocktails, you know, the whole craft cocktail movement to bring in a new crowd. So just call everything a godfather. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what we end up doing because grave tie is, uh, it's a very special place. If anyone goes, it's, it's very tied to family. There's a really long history. Um, and that's what we tried to do. So the cocktail ended up being a sort of storybook. Oh, we had again, uh, heart melting. (laughs) We had 10 cocktails and each cocktail was based on a part of the hotel. And we had a really famous illustrator. She drew like uh, illustrations for each one. So we had one for the flower garden because Gravetie actually, like I said, in the middle of the forest. And uh, we had this beautiful flower garden. Every year there was like 10,000 tulips bloom in spring. They had this one acre ward kitchen garden uh, where all the produce was used for, for the chef and for me. So we were really trying to bring that in. So we had a uh, flower garden, the vegetable garden. We had um, the smokehouse, all these different things. And, Actually, it engaged people really well because they loved the storytelling aspect. We were still doing crazy fat washing, infusions, everything like that. But but the guests actually saw past that. They just saw the story. So Aww. it worked really well. And um, that menu ended up going to Imbibe Drinks this of the year. We didn't win. We were shortlisted for avant-garde cocktail menu. So that was enough. And then basically um, it came to a point where Grave Tie, they had a bit of money behind them and they wanted to renovate the restaurant. And it was this huge project and they're like, well, it's going to take four months. We can't open a hotel. So you guys are going to have to do something else. They were really good because they actually still paid us uh, during this period, which for a lot of people, that just wouldn't happen. So I'm really thankful then. So I did what anyone did. I just bought a one-way ticket and went to Asia. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of fell in love and I started in Singapore, did uh, Bangkok, Vietnam, traveled around for a bit and uh, – Oh, I, I've been to Vietnam and yeah. I almost didn't want to leave. I was like, I got, I had like five bartending, uh, like job offers while I was there. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to stay here. It's, it's great. Yeah. For anyone who hasn't been, it's an incredible place and it's sort of coming into its own shell now. But, but basically when I went back to Gravetide, the opening and, um, I was there for a little bit longer and I realized this is just not all I want to do. And at the time I was living on site. So oh, wow. there was about 20 of us living on site next to the hotel in the middle of the forest. So you want to go to the next town. It's like a 40 minute drive and the bar's close to 10 PM. So there's no life. And uh, yeah, that was it. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go back traveling. So I did. I handed in my notice a couple of months after that, went straight back to Bangkok. And went back. No kidding. Oh my gosh. So Bangkok was that out of all the Asian travel you did, that was the one that really sat 
yeah like good for you it's strange because a lot of people that come to thailand what they'll do is they'll come here they'll go to a place called khao san road which i don't know if you know it's like the backpackers mecca um and they'll they'll go there for one night and then they'll like just go down to the south to the islands or chiang mai in the mountains and i didn't do that i actually stayed in bangkok and i was like i'm gonna check it out and i stayed for a week and i was like oh my god this place is incredible like it's just a melting pot of cultures and there's like there's so much chaos, but it's enough chaos to kind of like be comfortable in. And yeah, I just realized this is where I want to be. So, okay. That brings me to my next question for you. I'm just going to roll into it. (laughs) Is a hot dog a sandwich? Huh? Is a hot hot dog a sandwich? Technically. Yeah. Because well, actually no, because if you think of the hot dog bun, you're not, it's not two pieces of bread, is it? So I think when you sandwich something together, you have to have two separate entities of bread. Does that make sense? I get that, but now <laughs> was that you, is that what you wanted? <laughs> I mean, it's I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied okay. now. But I, what I'm really curious about is how is a hot dog prepared in Thailand? Oh, is there a specific way? Not really. No, they hot dogs aren't a big thing here. No, I mean, no hot dog. No, not really. If you go to Vietnam, they have a thing called bun mi, which I guess is an equivalent. And bun mi is like. Um, a French baguette filled with like meat, pate, and, and loads of cheese and shit like that. So that's fucking delicious. But um, yeah, Bangkok. Sorry, no. you might. I might have sidelined you on that one. It, it's a cocktails like, like old school question. You oh, know, it is? you gotta know. Yeah, and I thought it'd be fun to ask you because you're living in a different part of the world, and if a hot dog is relevant or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I'm, I'm in completely different, like, <laughs> yeah, different cultures. So sorry about that. <laughs> oh. I'm totally satisfied. I'm, it's all good. Good. Not everyone needs a hot dog. <laughs> no, but we have lots of other food, you know, and um, I think that's one of the reasons that's kept me here because uh, the food and drink culture in, in Thailand is just insane. It really is. You know, Thailand, Bangkok is like you have a lot of New York. You have all these amazing skyscrapers, these super mega stores, which you just get lost in in the shopping. And then when you come down to street level, there's all the street food. And you can buy chicken rice for like 50 cents, you know. It's amazing. Mm, that's why so, I like. I love that. I love that. Um, oh, I want to. So I'm going to obviously I'm going to really focus on this whole like other side of the world situation that we're doing. You're the first person I've ever interviewed um, <laughs> that is a day away from us. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I want to like li- I want to hear kind of what the difference is in the hospitality world is in Bangkok comparatively to like maybe, you know, the States or, you know, mm. Europe in different areas. Cause I, I know with my, some of my travels, like going to Vietnam and stuff, there was obviously a Im- importing difference. Like, you know, it, funny enough, like uh, there was certain brands that I would never expect to see like on every single bar, but they were sitting there, you know, but then there were, there was lacking of a lot of other things just because of importing issues such as like agave spirits and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also culturally, I'm sure there's some really cool cultural, like, um, like cheers and like different things that people do like in a bar aspect or, you know, restaurant aspect that is maybe different than, you know, what we're used to in, let's say, Los Angeles, where I'm at. 
Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, Asia, um, I don't know if, if you know, but Asia's just really exploded in terms of hospitality. It's, it's kind of like caught up to the rest of the world and gone further. So we recently just had the Asia 50 Best Bar Awards, and you know, some of the bars here are just insane. You take Atlas Bar in Singapore, how it's not a hotel bar, I don't know, but you walk in and it's like gold gilded everywhere. They have this massive gin tower with a thousand gins on. Uh, it, it's insane, but Bangkok especially, they've kind of taken things to another level. You know, you go to a lot of these bars and, and the service and hospitality is just insane. But the thing that's quite nice about Thailand is, you know, like I said, there's this big difference in culture. You have the sort of the fine dining and skyscrapers. And then on the ground floor, you have all this sort of street food stuff. But because of that, uh, drinking culture is, is not so big in Thailand. So a lot of the bars are hidden. So liberation for instance you'll have to go through a vietnamese restaurant through the kitchen up an elevator and on the fifth floor you'll find this amazing swanky bar with this beautiful marble top so there's a lot of that you know it's kind of like hidden i guess because in thai culture it's higher everything's higher yeah absolutely yeah and thai culture they're, they're not big on drinking because there's a big buddhist uh, community here um and even recently this this year they put the alcohol ban in for a month um, because of the lockdown so that was that was tough. Mm. But, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's that sort of difference there, you know. So a lot of the bars are kind of behind the scenes. But then when you get into it, you see they're actually doing amazing stuff. Uh, Liberation had just mentioned they have their own laboratory. So they've got a road of that machine. Uh, they do sous vide. They do this amazing cocktail. So Cha-Cha, who is on my podcast, she's the, the head honcho over there. And she does this amazing water bug infusion. And water bug. You, you know, say water bug? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, water bug. And what <laughs> she says, it's crazy that the infusion they get from it is like uh, it comes out acidic, but pineapple peach notes, everything like that. Can you, for cocktails, like we always like to break things down a little bit more in depth because sure. we, you know, we want, we have listeners that aren't, aren't bartenders too. Can you cut? And also... I don't know what the hell you're talking about because <laughs> I've never heard of a water bug infusion. And I don't even actually necessarily know what a water bug is. Yeah, water bug's very strange. It's, uh, you're going to hate this, but it's actually like a, a, a giant oriental cockroach in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's crazy. There is a difference for sure, but um, they're kind of aquatic bugs that live over here. And they're, they're very large. You know, they're, They can grow to about the size of your hand, I guess. But Whoa. Um, what they use is a sous vide machine. And what sous vide is is cooking under a constant temperature in a water bath. And uh, what you usually do is sort of you'll leave in a vacuum bag a uh, spirit with another flavor and you'll cook it for, say, six hours at you know a certain temperature. And what will happen is um, under heat, the flavors will be extracted a lot better than a cold infusion. And that just creates like a whole other level. So, you know, it's it's crazy because they use a lot of different bugs. And I think bugs are quite a big part of culture over here. If you go to Carson Road, they'll feed you scorpions or, you know, <laughs> spiders on a stick. But actually the flavors you get are, are surprisingly crazy. Um, they're using queen ants for one of their cocktails. And it's, Holy moly. It's almost like eating peanut butter in a way. Peanut butter and popcorn. Huh. That's what it tastes like. So, yeah. Okay. All cool. right. <laughs> we do crickets uh, at Oaxacan restaurants here. And I always compare them to popcorn too. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's kind of the cool thing about Thailand. You've got all these like sort of hidden bars, but I really do think they've, they've kind of stepped it up. So, I mean, I'm from 
uh, Brighton, which is near London in the UK. So I'm used to all these, you know, amazing hotel bars like the Savoy, the Connell, have been around for you know, decades. Um, but I think Thailand, the bar scene is just, they've gone above and beyond because a lot of the, the people here, these bartenders have just started, but their knowledge has just exponentially grown because they've been accustomed to this. You know, Singapore really led the way. Companies like Proofing Company, which really helped the import actually uh, bring the amazing spirits in, bring this knowledge. So now, yeah, the, the bar wave here is just, I think it's better than the States and the UK. I really do. So you think it went a bug and beyond? <laughs> yes. <laughs> a bug and beyond, for sure. <laughs> I should mention as well, it's just liberation to do that. You won't find that in any other bars. But <laughs> so yeah, no, <laughs> I've never heard of, of a water bug being in a cocktail. Yeah, it blew my mind, but it, it tastes great. <laughs> do, the, do people is that something people eat norm like the water bug they like eat it in, oh, not at all no normal? even thai people are going what the hell like <laughs> what are you doing but i think that's no great way. About, yeah but that's what's great about um liberation and gove who is the head bartender there he he's a world-class bartender for thailand so he really knows what he's talking about um and he just huh. he's he's really into it you know and like i said they've got this laboratory so it's great if people in thailand go check out liberation for sure I got it. I'm buying a plane ticket right now. I don't know if they'll let me on, but I'm blank. I'm going to buy the ticket. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's great. And I'm sort of, I'm, you know, involved in all this sort of bar culture and community and they just had their uh, first uh, bar expo, I guess you could say. Um, So celebrating the bar community here last year, they were going to do it this year, but I think it's been moved to October because of recent events. And, um, so basically, yeah, I'm, I'm involved in that a lot. I do a lot of writing about blogging and I've obviously got my podcast. So I kind of, yeah, it's great. I'm kind of in the middle of bartending still without being behind the stick. So it's good. Yeah, I'd say probably as like me, it's like you enjoy the world, the the encompassing world of the of hospitality and, and how it mm. ties all together and doing these kind of side hustles really keep you moving on them, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, my full-time job now is the podcast and my website. So that that takes up all my time. But what was great about the podcast is I, I spent a lot of career meeting all these amazing people, you know, and uh, these distillers, famous bartenders. And I'd be like just hearing a stories go, fuck, these guys are incredible. Like, <laughs> I should be sharing yep. the story. <laughs> like, more people need to hear you talking. And that was kind of the, the inspiration behind it. So the podcast, um, we have all these amazing guests on. Um, you know, it's a range from world-class bartenders to distillers, sommeliers, all with amazing stories, you know. So that's quite cool. Yeah, you have some incredible guests that you've had on your podcast. Yeah. How long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, I started in December. So, you know, I'm still in a new show and it's it's gradually going there. We've got a really nice audience, I think. But yeah, what's nice is a lot of these people I kind of knew already and uh, I just kind of reached out and, hey, I'm, I'm doing a show. Can you talk to me for an hour? And they're like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so most recently we had um caroline rosen president of tales of the cocktail that was quite mm-hmm. cool we've had nico de solo on uh, that was episode three martin hudak who's the global coffee ambassador for mr blacks he was a really inspiring guy but what's nice is a lot of these people just they really love to just tell their story and it doesn't have to be just about uh the bar world you know we have um this amazing kind of way of like personal branding or just talking about people on how to get into the industry, you know? So there's oh, a, lot for of, sure. a lot of knowledge in there, which I think people will find useful that isn't always related to bar world, but will help you get into it, you know? Yeah, for sure. I hear that. So what about your podcast? Like, tell me a bit more about 
the shows you do and sort of some of the people you've had on. So Talk Tales, I think, is a little different um, when it comes to the, like, bartender podcast. Um, and it's meant to be that way. We, we design it that way. And it started off from an old, old, old idea I had a long, long time ago, probably, like, 13 years ago. I was, again, like you said earlier, like, talking to bartenders, when you get them talking you start getting some really crazy cool stories out of them. And like, I've always been really fascinated with those stories probably cause I am a bartender, but even before I was a bartender, just going to bars and sitting and talking to bartenders, especially old timer bartenders, bartenders that have been doing it for a long time. They have stories. They've seen stuff. They've dealt with stuff and they're good, bad, crazy, gross. Like, I mean, they're everything you can ever think of that somebody can deal with in their life. Bartenders have dealt with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so a long, long time ago, I, before podcasts, before the, in, no, no, the internet was around. <laughs> uh, maybe like cell phones were like newer or something. Uh, I don't even know if I had a cell phone actually, but. I was like, I want to document these stories. And originally I wanted to document them in a book form, which I might still do. And I wanted to just like write these stories down and like compile them and compile them and compile them. And, but the problem was I'm not a good, I'm not good at writing. (laughs) My hands cramp cramp up really easily. Like (laughs) it's like, I'm not great at, you know, writing is not my thing. Um, But I always had that idea in the back of my head for a long, long, long time. And so when the podcast thing came around, that's where that fit in really well. And so Talk Tales is a bartender storytelling podcast. And but we kind of do some weird stuff, too, where we live in Los, you know, we are located in Los Angeles and a lot of our peers and our friends in the bar industry and in the restaurant industry. Guess what? They're actors, you know. And they're comedians and they're artists and they're musicians and they're all uh, so a huge melting pot of very creative minded people. And so when I was kind of designing the outline for the show, I I wanted to incorporate that. And because it's, it's a part of our bar industry here. It, if you like it or not, it is, that's what it is. Some people get annoyed with it because like a lot of people are always trying to get their shifts covered. Me, I think it's great because then I get a lot of extra shifts. (laughs) (laughs) so you know it just depends on your own mentality on the whole thing but so yeah I wanted to incorporate the the entertainment side of everything and so how we decided to incorporate that was to incorporate silly characters from our friends who do comedy and improv and and act and you know it it basically is turned like turned into this like whole thing of creating these weird characters of like Mr. Martini and like Olive, the bar Olive, who just really wants to be put into a martini. Like, you know, like these weird things that like, do they matter? No, not at all. Does it make us happy? Absolutely. Right. (laughs) You know, and then I've been able to really tap into like kind of my performance art stuff when I was younger through it too, where I write all the, the theme songs for the characters and then you know, get an improv through that, that segment of the show and stuff. And since quarantine, we haven't really been able to in, like incorporate that weird oddball, like comedic side of the show. Mm-hmm. And luckily we still have, you know, 
be able to record on a Zencaster or Zoom, all these different things. So we could still record to have these great conversations, especially like with people across the world. Um, uh, but sure. we've definitely for, through the episodes we've done since quarantine, um, we've definitely had to change the, the format a little bit, which that's, that's great. I mean, I'm all about change. I love it. I'm not afraid of change. I like doing cool stuff and I like, no matter if you're doing active, like cool, creative work, even if it changes, it becomes something new and amazing, you know, and uh, that's how I feel about like these interviews. And I, I'm just really, I feel really lucky that I have this podcast to be able to connect with people. I'm connecting with people more now. I feel like than when I, I was just interviewing people in lo- just in my the bars around Los Angeles, oh, I'm yeah. talking to I people agree. all over the world, yeah. you know, Lauren, Lauren Moat, uh, who is the global cocktailian for Diageo, uh, I was really nervous because, like, I've looked up to her for a long time. She's been in the industry for a long, long time, you know, nearly a quarter of a century. So I get on a show, we're talking away, and then halfway through, she's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, do you want to see my wedding photos? And we, she just got so personal. Uh, by the end, it was like an hour and a bit, and I was like, we should probably wrap up. She was like, I could have talked for hours with you. So we're, we're quite good friends now after that. So, yeah. That's I, I get so you in that awesome. Networking. It's really good. Um, for people it's blowing who, my mind. For people who haven't listened to your show yet, what's the one episode you recommend to listen to first? Oh, God. Uh, uh, Or should we start from the beginning and kind of go from there? Okay, yeah, I think that's a tough one because I think at this point we're at like 70-something episodes. So it's – yeah, there's a few that are like – they're all really cool – I, I would just choose off a title, whatever title sounds interesting, because I always quote. Yeah, and I always quote the guests, like uh, something they say in in the episodes. It was it was a big learning curve for us because when we started, like over three years ago, I didn't know what we were doing. Like I had no idea, so it was very much um, figuring it out. So if you do start with like the first episode, uh. All apologies to you because the audio quality is quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely seen a progression from my first episode to now. It's like a steady, yeah. <laughs> steep slope, you know. So yeah, I get it. Yeah, and then we, you know, we we've learned along the way is like don't over drink during episodes, and mm-hmm. you know, get get your qu- audio quality is very important for people listening. So you know, we we've learned, and I think our our path has like gotten much clearer and everything's like ironed out like we're so chill now it's like tuesdays let's let's do the podcast everything's awesome like you know it's it's a it's a well-oiled machine as i say and i just feel stoked to be able to do it it's it's important to me to be able to do this podcast especially during right now um yeah i you know i'm not i'm not bartending but i am doing a million side hustles and I swear to God, I'm pretty sure my parents put in my birth certificate somewhere that side hustle is my middle name because <laughs> I cannot stop. It's like a curse almost. I can't even deal. That's great. Like now. Right. Yeah. Now it's, uh, I, I do want to do a little quick plug. My, uh, sure, sure. my team, my cocktails team, we're doing party packs now. So we got bored of not making drinks for people. Uh, so we're doing all the weather here in Los Angeles is like great now. So we're doing putting together little packs of park party packs. So if you're going to the park or on a hiking trail and you want to put a blanket out or even the beach, we have these really cool cocktail pouches that we're 
they're like Capri Sun pouches, basically, with paper it. straws. And they're super like uh, sanitary, COVID free, you know, and like you get to put the straw in the drink yourself and like no hands are touching anything. And we're doing like sandwiches and crazy cool jello shots. We got a Katahio jello shot, Aperol Spritz jello shot, mimosa nice. jello shot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we don't do Jello normal shots are things. So <laughs> I know. Like I know. We're totally like retroing it up, but way fancier. So how do we and get all of these party packs? Oh, uh go so basically if the liquor board's listening, plug your ears. But <laughs> if you're if you're just an ordinary citizen of Los Angeles, then you could go on talktalesthepodcast.com backslash cocktails and the menus on there and then you just there's a, a contact form and then just email your order to the talktails email and I'll respond with instructions of pickup or delivery and how to do payment it's all suggested donations so I'm not selling you any alcohol <laughs> brilliant <laughs> there's a loophole there <laughs> yep but they're really good. I just sold, we just sold our first par- uh, couple party packs today, and cool. and uh, the, they were having a good old time in the park. Uh, and they said the Jello shots were were the biggest hit ever. So boom, <laughs> fantastic. Okay, great. So I you you know we we're talking about on the back bar your podcast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone's listening to it right now. I hope so. But you also <laughs> do a website. Um, gastronomerlifestyle.com, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's um, a project I've been working on for about four years now, which started as like an idea in uni. I was like, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And it's kind of exploded to now. So as of yesterday, I completely changed the website. There's like a whole new design. And essentially what it is, is a food and drink guide. If you come over to Thailand or Vietnam, you can open it up with your phone, find out what the best street food is, the best coffee, uh, the best cocktail bar. It's pretty much like that. So yeah, it's really cool. We've got a lot of good content. So uh, the podcast is obviously on there. Uh, we do a lot of like spirit reviews, cocktail recipes. So yeah, it's if you're a foodie and you love drinks, it's a great website. Um, and then how do you compile the list that uh, people can, you know, as a resource? What is it your yeah. own personal Absolutely. experiences? Yeah, yeah. I go to each and every single one. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, you know, the problem I had is when I first came over to Asia, I was looking for advice on where to go and eat and drink, you know, because I'm a foodie. I love food and drink. You know, that's why I, I literally plan everything around what I'm eating or drinking. <laughs> so I found out the information just wasn't that good. Like um, Lonely Planet, I love their guidebooks. They're great. But when you get to the back, the food and drink section, there's just not enough content. And I swear to God, the guy who was writing it, he just, he must love mojitos because it doesn't matter what country you're in. Every bar is like, oh, they make a good mojito. Oh, this bar makes a good mojito. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on. Um, and then you go online and you know you check Google and it'd be like, oh, this is a really good restaurant. Go here. You go. It's been closed for two years because uh, no one's checking or updating. And then you check on like kind of review sites and you find out a lot of it's actually just paid promotion. And the person who's writing it just has not been to the venue. So I felt there's a big gap here. I felt like something, I needed to create something a bit more trustworthy, a bit more tangible. And that's kind of where we are now. So, you know, I've obviously got my background a uh, decade in hospitality. So I understand good food and drink. I've worked in Michelin-style restaurants and also in, in pubs. So I kind of, I've seen the whole spectrum. So what we're doing is it's all about positive promotion. We want to share these amazing people who are cooking chicken rice on the corner. 
but also the amazing cocktail bar making these incredible infusions on the 65th floor of this skyscraper, you know, so it's good. Incredible. Um, you're with, uh, you started as a bartender mm-hmm. and I know that this is a shared episode, but this still has some talk tales to be told. Okay. Uh, you got a story? Yeah. I mean, I've got a ton of story. There's one that sticks out and, um, I mean, so this was the time when I was at Hotel Divan, the bar with all the spirits, uh, like a thousand bottles. And we had some crazy stuff. Like there was like cognacs, you know, from, well, like Hennessy Parody Imperial is what I'm going to talk about. So obviously, as you know, it's a beautiful bottle. It costs a fortune. It's like uh, over a thousand pounds. And um, this guy came in. Uh, he was with his girlfriend. And he's like, oh, I want a Hennessy and Coke. So I'm like, okay, sure. So I go for normal VSOP, bottle of Coke. And he's like, no, 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 that, that one points to the power oh my god oh god he's not going to do what i think is he so i bring it down it you know it, it was quite a high bar at the time so you, when you bring it down you're like shit i'm not going to drop it <laughs> so <laughs> i pour the shot i put it on the side open the bottle of coke put it on the other side <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. he's like great and now for reference the bottle of coke was three pounds uh the shot was 150 pounds holy and moly sort of he pays and within two seconds, he's poured the whole Coke bottle into the shot of Hennessy. I ah! almost cried. I really did. <laughs> so that was probably one of the most sacrilegious things I've seen. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would be kind of like sad if he did like a Coke back chaser. You know, mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, that's a okay, fine. What a sure. you know, some training wheels. Okay, whatever. But like throw the whole Coca-Cola in literally, there. Literally, on a 150 pound cognac shot. I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> More money than sense. I've, I've heard similar stories like that. Now, I want to ask you, would you rather have enough money to put a really premium spirit into Coke and not give a shit? Or would you rather not have that much money and really care for the thing that you're sipping on? Oh, yeah, I, I really care. Like, you know, because I've been around a lot of alcohol and it, it's sort of like my love and passion just fucking reading and writing about whiskey and shit like that. So, yeah, I have a huge respect. I really do, especially because I meet these distillers and I hear about how much effort they put into it, the craft. And yeah, yeah. So I think respect for sure. Yeah, I could never bring respect? myself to ruin a good cognac. No. <laughs> yeah no that oh, oh i think now everyone's heart is breaking <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and uh I, i've been to cognac as well i've been to hennessy um with uh jean-michel cachette the global ambassador who drinks like a fish by the way this guy is insane he this is another uh tale basically we went over to chateau becknelay because we we're having a tour of the distillery so it's a beautiful mansion in the middle of cognac uh we stay we had dinner with him um he got us wasted like <laughs> we were just like wine after wine uh having dinner with him then he's like oh so the hennessy guys are going to this cocktail bar you should go with them so we're like, okay fine so we're <laughs> Here drinking we with these guys we're like you know fuck we've got a, a tour a distillery tour at 9 a.m we should get back so we get back at 2 a.m to chateau back in la uh we're like oh one more drink yeah we can have one more drink of course, when you're there, um, one more drink, they bring it over. It's a full bottle of Hennessy XO with a, a tray of ice. It's like, what the fuck? So <laughs> we're drinking half of this. It's four in the morning. Uh, we end up stumbling into bed. We we wake up hungover as fuck. And he comes in the morning, uh, Jean-Michel Cachette, 
as bright as a daisy. He's like so fresh. She's like, cool, let's go try some cognac off the still. So, <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, Hair, that's just, yeah, serious hair on the dog. Absolutely. So we're like, just trying to like drink this stuff. It was a great tour. But after that, he's like, let's go for lunch. So he takes us to lunch around this restaurant. Okay, so we'll have four bottles of this white wine. Oh, my God. Holy moly. It's insane. The guy drinks like a fish, but I think he's just done it all his life. So he knows how it's, to Yeah, it's like in his blood. Yeah. I mean, shoot. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Do you want to play game time? Let's do it. Tell yeah? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So the game for this episode is called Choose Ones. So okay. it's pretty it's pretty easy. I just say two things and then you choose one. Sure. Got it. it you got it? Did you yeah, get it? I think I got the rest. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh here we go. Choose one. Nacho cheese or cheddar cheese? Oh cheddar. I'm British, so <laughs> <laughs> old fashioned or Manhattan? Old fashioned. Vodka or gin? Ah, uh, gin. Yeah, I'm a gin man. Shaken or stirred? Stirred. A wretched hangover or a two-week mild cold? Hangover. <laughs> yeah, I've learned the hangover cures now. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I know you hung out at, a, at that uh, distillery. You're good. <laughs> uh-huh. um, okay, a shot of Goldschlager or a shot of Hypnotic? Oh, my God, Goldschlager. I haven't had that. In se- yeah, it's got to be Goldschlager. Christ, I used to love that stuff. That's like completely <laughs> left my mind. <laughs> I've not heard of the other one. Is golden. Uh, okay, this one might be a little American, but we'll we'll give it a shot. Okay. Go camping with Donald Trump or go camping with Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> oh man, really? You can't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go camping by myself. <laughs> yeah, that that's. Uh, I think maybe Trump just to tell him how much of an idiot he is. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. Yeah, everyone needs to have a sit down with him. Yeah, give him a good talking um, to. <laughs> six feet away. Yeah. Uh, gluten free or lactose intolerant? Uh, gluten free because my mum is celiac, so uh, I, I've eaten gluten free for a while. Oh dang! Yeah. yeah. Um, Beatles or Elvis? Beatles, British. Yep. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, needy bar guest. Or stinky, polite bar guest? Stinky, because you can always stand six feet away and throw the drinks <laughs> on the bar. <laughs> Especially now. Right now exactly, yeah, yeah. It's perfect. One. We're all wearing masks, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, five Ramos gin fizzes ordered all at once or five Bloody Marys ordered separately after 10 o'clock at night? Oh, my God. <laughs> Killer. <laughs> um... I think the Ramos Jim Fizz. Yeah. Yeah. Deal, deal. All right. Rye or bourbon? Rye. Mezcal or tequila? Oh, mezcal. Mezcal, yeah. I love it. Highball or melon ball? What is a melon ball? (laughs) I've never heard of that. (laughs) (laughs) Never heard of a melon ball. It's just like a ball, like, scooped out of a melon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go for that. That's kind of cool. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Okay. All right. Um, kumquats or 20 squats? Uh, 20 squats because I've, I've, I've got a huge beer belly, so I need to get back in the gym. So yeah, yeah we're doing well, the squats. It's, quarantine, it's the quarantine 15. We're all getting it. It's yeah, cool. exactly. I'll be in shape soon. <laughs> all right. London dry or London wet? 
<laughs> it's always wet in London. So yeah, London wet. <laughs> All right, quarantine or maple bean? <laughs> <laughs> quarantine. <laughs> we'll do that. Um, all right cocktail enthusiast or Coors Light all night cocktail enthusiast Coors Light we don't have in the UK really no no but that's the isn't Coors Light with the advert with Van Damme wait Coors Light with Fanta no Van Damme the the actor isn't he doing the the advert for it oh maybe I don't know (laughs) all I know is the Rocky Mountains are you know the cans the beer's cold when the Rocky Mountains on the can go blue really yeah, the can some, has like color changing pretty cool stuff on. for a minute. I know. Yeah. Okay. I know. Well, that makes sense. I don't know why a domestic, like, cr- you know, domestic light beer would be anywhere else but mm-hmm. here. <laughs> um, and then finally, Insta-fame or Insta-lame? Insta-fame. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> that Instagram game. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah! Woo! <laughs> Thank Woo! you. What was my score? Did I do well? <laughs> Yeah, you like ninety eight percent. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And a hundred percent. Well done. Great. <laughs> so I think we'll wrap up soon. But for those who want to listen to your podcast, you've obviously got a website which will be in the show notes. Uh, where else can we find you and stream you? Uh, okay, so Talktales the podcast is on basically all the platforms of wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, you know. Do, I, do should I list them? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I don't even know. Uh, and then yeah, you could go on talktalesthepodcast.com to get any information about what we're up to. And then oh, Instagram is Talktales the Podcast. I'm Shauna Cam on Instagram. You can follow me if you want to see like whatever dumb things I'm doing. And I think, yeah, I think that's it. And then I, I want to do a major shout out to Adele, my co-host on Talk Tales. Uh, oh, you can also, yeah, Adele, what up? <laughs> and then um, also, oh, I want to plug the YouTube stuff too, because we, we did start getting into video stuff. We started reenacting all the bartender stories uh, cool. with actors in, in a interview platform. And then if you want to see the videos we've done so far, that's on YouTube under Tucktails Entertainment. Brilliant. Okay. Oh, and virtual cocktail classes. I do virtual cocktail classes. So if you want to take a virtual cocktail class with me, um, I do those every day. You can sign up on eventbrite.com and just search on Eventbrite cocktail class. It should pop up or search uh, cocktails with cocktails on Eventbrite. Got it. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should probably do the show notes on that one. <laughs> and uh, yes, and then for you, Chris, I almost said Christopher, but I wasn't going to go there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so um, on the back bar, we're on all major podcast providers, iTunes, Spotify. You can find us on Instagram, on the back bar too. And we have every week on Monday a new host, a new guest, sorry. So yeah, come along for that. The website is gastronomalifestyle.com. And that's pretty much anything to do with food and drink around the world. Like we need the best advice. So yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I'm also doing cocktail classes. So that'll be on <gasps> Gastron Shut Lifestyle. Up! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing a couple of videos with YouTube too. So that's quite exciting. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure we should be friends for life. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> Brilliant. Work. Maybe we should do a collab video at one point. That'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. Can we do like a Zoom collab? Like we can like pass the bottle through and 
Yeah, we'll do the thing where you throw something exactly, in yeah. and then another person catches it. I love it. Well, it's been great to have you on the show, really. Thank you so much for telling your story. And you as well, Chris. I'm really, really excited to be able to talk to you and hear about everything you're doing across the entire world and a whole day away. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you. You're so fabulous. Much. Enjoy the rest right, of your quarantine. Cheers. Bye. Oh, wait, wait, wait. How do you say cheers in Thailand? Chon. Say what is chon. It? Chon. It's chon? C-H-O-N. So yeah, Chon. Chon. <laughs> chon. Yeah. All right. All, All right. right, everyone. Chon. Ciao, ciao. Talk to Talk to Talk to